I actually am not sure that it's inappropriate for the sound of a dog licking himself to be part of the Picasso episode. Hey, welcome to the Meet Your Ghost podcast. My name's Elliot. And I'm Audrey. And this is the podcast where we ignore the very good advice to never meet your heroes and get to know what assholes they really were. Turns out they're all pretty bad. They're all bad. Uh, today we have a special uh, guest in the studio. That's a really generous term for a very bad dog. <laughs> it's terrible. If you hear a dog in the background, it's because he's terrible. He's awful. So bad. He's very bad at following any sort of direction and has been howling outside the studio door for a very long amount of time. Years, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> 11 years. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Today's guest is a total surprise to me. Still don't know who it is. Audrey, can you enlighten us? The hero, not the guest. Sorry, yeah. No, Today's I know who, hero. I know who the guest is. He's a bad dog and a good boy at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who, right. Who is today's hero, Audrey? Yeah, so um, I'm going to pick up where Hannah Goldsby left off in her Netflix special, Nanette. Nanette. Oh, ooh. And we're about to learn some truths about Picasso. Oh, what a great choice. Yep. What a great choice. So today I'm going to mostly talk about his relationship to women, um, a little bit about his art because it is equally as exploitative, but I'm going to talk about his relationship to women or with women because that's all he talked about. Okay. okay. All his art. Well, the majority of his art, um, told the story of his relationship with women from his perspective. Okay. And he profited from it. And a large part of his success was mm -hmm. predicated on making toxic masculinity romantic. Mm. Okay. So, so before we dig in. Sure. Hit me with it. Like, why is it right now that when we say P Picasso, even people who are not into art and not into history know exactly who we're talking about? What is like the, the sure. glowing version of that story? Sure. So he contributed in very positive ways to art. Um, at a very important time in history, right? So Picasso was creating, uh, but basically from the start of World War One until the end of World War Two, and he was capitalizing on this dynamic moment in heart in art that uh, centered futurism, that deconstructed reality, that went from these like boring pastoral examples of realism to like, hey, let me show you the innards of a robot as depicted by humans, right? Mm -hmm. um, he really ushered in a new way to think about art that was, you know what, actually sort of piggybacking on the Impressionists. Um, oh, the dog's very loudly licking himself <laughs> at this moment. Yeah, so <laughs> I actually am not sure that it's inappropriate for the sound of a dog licking himself to be part of the Picasso episode. It's actually quite fitting, in fact. But if Clyde could shut the fuck up, we could get on with this. Um, anyway, so Picasso, yes. <laughs> he was important to art. Um, and a lot of the ways that he thought about art, deconstructed art, recreated art, very important okay. academically, mm -hmm. very important technically. But the way that he did so, we're going to get into this, was um, he gets a lot more credit than necessarily is due to all of the influences 
uh, that shaped how he created art. Okay, so it sounds like sounds like in the middle of what is a pretty turbulent time in North American European no, world world history. Two world wars. Two world wars. What we can say about Picasso, honestly, is that he did some stuff that had not been done in Western art before. Absolutely. So he was a talented artist. Got it. But let's just kick this off by debunking the myth that Picasso was some sort of virtuoso. Uh, His dad was actually a professor of art. Okay. Of drawing. And... Uh, he became his father's pupil at about age 10. His father recognized he had some early talents that really he believed could be cultivated. Um, and so by the time he was 13, his dad was investing just significant amount, uh, a significant amount of time and energy into Picasso's burgeoning art career. Can okay. I say that in quotations? Sure. But, uh, using his connections... Picasso's father was able to get him to admitted, able to get him admitted to the Madrid Academy, which was this very prestigious academy in Madrid. Uh, Picasso. Wait, so it ten year old he starts his lessons. When is 13. he? Thirteen. Thirteen. He's admitted to the academy. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. That's um, like freshman in high school level here. Yes. So, um, and around this time his father helps him get his works entered into the madrid fine arts exhibition there's a few years later he's 15 16 um and he won it should be noted that he won um again but depends not just what you know who you know who you know had had you not had a dad it was a professor you got you accepted you got no nothing yep there you go exactly got you accepted spent at this point half a decade every single day working on your craft. Sure. So, um, ostensibly, he should have spent his later teen years at the Madrid Academy, but he, quote-unquote, disliked formal instruction mm-hmm. and dropped out. Um, and in 1900, so he's 19, he made a trip to Paris from Madrid. That was, like, the happening place to be. He eventually moves there for good in 1901. He had a little taste of the absinthe, the... Mm-hmm. Lapa whim. By the way, I've tried absinthe, and let me tell you, it is fucking terrible. Just yeah, awful. but like, I don't really feel like it justifies how terrible he becomes. Okay, okay, fair. <laughs> uh, a little wormwood doesn't necessarily excuse what a dick he is. Gotcha. Right. So he's living in Paris, uh, but he's not that great of an artist alone, without mm. the connections, without the people around him. He sort of struggles both personally and professionally. Um, Art historians around the world recognize this time as his blue period. It's about a brief three-year period. It's 1901 to 1904. Um, He's living in poverty. He's alone. Um, And after the death by suicide of his friend who had traveled to Paris with him, then he gets real bummed out because, obviously... Yes. Um, and so he's living in poverty. He's alone. And he spends the next few years painting sex workers, beggars, prisoners, circus performers. How much How much do we know about this? Like, how he's running into these people? 
Like what's seeking this life like? them out. Okay, got it. So this is um, not not the last time, but one of the earliest examples of Picasso exploiting other people's pain and struggles and oppression for his own professional gain. Okay, so it's 1904. It's the end of what we know as his blue period. Uh, these periods are some of the lesser known quote-unquote periods of Picasso's artistic creation. There are a few big pieces. The um, Beggar with the Guitar, the uh, basically like the back of the sad woman. You might recognize a few of these. Okay. Right? Um, some real sad boy energy going. A little sad boy energy. <laughs> um, but really like destitute early 20th century Paris energy. Okay, okay fair, fair. Um, it shifts very quickly to the what's known as the Rose Period, which is another three-year stint of painting of basically marginalized people. Wait, so, except as, as contrasted from the blue period. Oh, still marginalized people. Got it. Okay. But now it's like happy marginalized people. So uh -huh. it's like red and orange and red tones. They're not happy. Picasso's happier. Like uh -huh. he's emerged from his depression. So now let me show you this painting of a a uh, sad naked woman and a child smoking a pipe and look at this family of acrobats with a monkey. It's like sad, but make it fashion. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Familiar with the concept. All right. So uh, he gets through this like six year stint of being sad and poor. Um, so at this point it's 1907 and we are approaching probably the singular most pivotal moment in Picasso's life. Uh, this is the part, spoiler alert, where he starts appropriating Afrocentric art and then simultaneously profiting from the exploitation of women. Um, so primarily sex workers. Okay. Right? And <laughs> the shitty thing about this moment is that from an art history standpoint, we start to, what we think about cubism uh, as this deconstruction of line and shape and figures in time and space suspended almost like um, inexplicably, we see in African art many, many years before Picasso with his upper middle class Spaniard connections, art world aficionado <laughs> sort of persona, uh, "Quote unquote introduces it to the zeitgeist." Yes, right. And so, so this is this is my question. When we talk about like the, from the academic perspective, what's interesting? What you're saying is, in the history of Western art, mm -hmm. right? Like the things he did at this particular moment mm -hmm. were like the right. He was like pushing the boundaries that like were probably the the most interesting boundaries to be pushed. Sure, but he is not the first person to do this. No. It just so happens. He's the first person to marry these very specific things, mm -hmm. which are like the symbolism of um, specific, like the canon, the mm. symbolism of the canon, right? We think about like Titian's, um, the woman lounging, looking over her shoulder, making eye contact with the viewer. Where you see her back, as right? Being, yes, yes, as being very yes. titillating. It's very specific. It connotes a certain thing. If you were a person of the time, you would know exactly what it means. Coupled with, now, the angular and deconstructed lines of Afrocentric art with 
a sex worker in a brothel making that same eye contact over her shoulder. Mm. Very few people would have understood both. And he did not understand the latter, but he exploited it. So, so can I ask, where is he seeing this African art? Yeah, so he goes to an exhibit where he sees uh, masks, masks from Africa, um, traditional ritual masks. And a line that is often used to describe Picasso at this time is that he was, quote unquote, um, inspired by Africa. Mm. Which is just such a Western centering of this idea that he stole African art, <laughs> yes, yes, right? Yes. Uh, but it's academically in the history of Western art, just a very interesting thing to think about. But it is so much more culturally violent than most museums are willing to recognize, right? And we're going to see this over and over and over again throughout his career. His artistic treatment of marginalized communities and women in particular reduces them to objects early very early in his career he has this sort of see want take mentality um he was at one point quoted as saying when i was a child my mother said to me if you become a soldier you'll be a general if you became a monk you'll be the pope instead i became a painter and wound up as picasso which is a pretty bold thing to yeah, say. I mean, like, honestly, God, if somebody says it at a party, I'm just rolling my eyes really hard and being like, God, what an asshole. Yeah, right? you're yes. like, okay, cool. Can I see your Spotify playlist? Like, what indie band did you discover before they were cool? Right? Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Yes. Do you smell that? Because that is the smell of entitlement. From an sure, early, sure, sure. From, like, literally him saying, from the days my mother could speak to me. Right. I knew I was entitled to whatever yes. the fuck I wanted. Exactly. Yes. Got it, got it. And sure enough... He's right. He is Picasso. We're still talking about him. Because of all the things that, again, he was able to pull together from his parents in these places. Yep. Yep. I, you know, he does not, he does not strike me as too different from, for example, like Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Kanye West. Someone who was born to a specific means and is able to capitalize on a cultural moment. Honestly, I don't want to any spoilers out but i've considered both those people as separate episodes <laughs> potentially of this podcast sure kylie uh, only because she's moving so fast i feel it's a little too early for this i feel like right you Kim... can't like shit talk on a 21 year old you feel pretty bad yeah you're right like cool you're 21 year old billionaire i there's very little i can say to you at this point i feel Except like Kim and Kanye... this way to the guillotines yeah. <laughs> eat the rich yes all i'm saying is kim and kanye both in their own ways have i feel like hit hit this ass this point in their careers where they are um deserving of reflection retrospectively sure kim's right. kim's lawyer turn nobody saw that season no. six podcast and it's not coming. to say that they yes. haven't worked hard here's the thing and and we can dig into this a little bit more in just a second but like lots of people of different social and class structures work just as hard as these folks mm-hmm. is that there is a specific amount of privilege that is required to believe you are entitled to certain things. Yeah. So I, if I may be so bold. Sure. Right. I feel like the implicit thesis of this project is not to say your heroes didn't do the things they did. Yeah. Rather 
hero is itself a construction. It's a construction Absolutely. that places emphasis on a human individual in history. And, and by placing that emphasis, turns them into something bigger than just a person. It turns them into a moment, a figure, if it you will. It eliminates all of the people around them who allowed that to happen. And the structures around them, yes. right? And the, the systems and structures yes. and people yes. and all yes. of the things. And it, yes, it is a desire to say like, most of the people who were standing at the center of this right place, right time moment saw themselves and were like, I'm the shit. Yes. I'm great. I am that bitch. Or as Picasso said, I am, I am Picasso. Picasso. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course, right? Oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm Picasso. And instead, what you are is like, you happen to be standing in this alignment mm -hmm. of moments that that puts you at the place to see these things, to take from these people, to not quite acknowledge where you're taking from it, the, right? But to right. be at the place where these things came together. Yes. Yes. Uh, Picasso's father art professor is Kylie's Kim sex tape, mm -hmm. right? Like we have all of these things. As as the scholars would say. <laughs> the scholars would say. Um, so anyway, <laughs> he, mm -hmm. uh, at this time, 1907, let's get back to this like reason we're having this conversation, which is one of his most famous pieces, uh, Les Demoiselles d'Avignon which is uh, five sex workers in a brothel that he has positioned very strategically to tell a very specific story that people in the art world and probably the general layperson would have understood at the time. But he has done it in a new technical way. And between that time and the beginning of World War I, mm -hmm. which is another seven, eight years, uh, 1917 is World War One. 1915. Okay. 1915 to 1919, Got I believe. Um, based on what I know about art history and what was created during that time, I am not a war historian, so. Based on what I know about internet comments, if we're wrong, someone will tell someone us. Someone will tell us. You can tweet us at your heroes pod. Um, anyway, so he's creating what will what was at the time even, and will later be known as cubism, the earliest form of cubism. Um, at the same time, he is just like ladies manning it up. And we're talking about a time period of essentially like early, like 1920. Let's put it there. Oh, wait, so he's like 40-ish? He's almost 40 and he marries a 27-year-old named Olga. Okay. She is a famous Russian ballet dancer and what we would consider his earliest muse. Right? Sounds romantic. Well, earliest muse, except for the sex workers and the homeless people playing oh, guitar and all that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, we're about to find out the singular concentrated attention on a on one person mm. um, side of Picasso. So by muse, we mean like a fixation. Fixation is such a good word for it. Yes. And not much is known about Olga, um, especially just like in the detail of her life. Uh as Ginny Chi notes, she's an art writer. She says, our perception of this woman rests almost solely on the prism of Picasso's gaze and later his cooling affection for her. They had what was technically almost a 40 year marriage. Oh, 40. Okay. 40 years. So they're getting married in 1918. Most of us don't spend decades drawing teeth on vaginas. See, hold. We just took a a quick, real quick, quick pivot. Quick pivot there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, 
Russian ballerina. So he was having a ton of sex. Always. Constantly sex. All the time. Lots of women. But any woman that did not turn her cheek to this constant, just like infidelity and demanded more of him, held mm-hmm. him to account, um, eventually became the subject of the more negative side of his art. He wasn't feeling it. Didn't love it. Don't know. Drew a lot of teeth on vaginas. Vagina dentata. That was his style for a while. Wait, are, is that in this period? Is this like 18... That was Samira throughout Sur- his entire artistic career. Oh. Um, a lot of women bore the brunt of this belief that they had wronged him in some way because they had turned on him. He was a victim, but also the hero. And if you turn on the hero, then how dare you? You must be you turn on the hero, hag. you're the villain, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's a decade into his marriage. We're talking about like 1928-ish. Picasso, who, if you can do the math, is now nearly 50, begins an affair with Marie Therese. She's 17. And this is a moment where, if if you've seen Hannah Goldsby's... You over the fact that he's 17. Well, she is, Sorry, sorry, she's 17. So, yes, this is the whole crux of Hannah Goldsby's... um, Nanette. Nanette, right? Or Nanette about the part that's about Picasso. Yes, 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 yes. Um, This is where it gets really interesting. Also terrible. So, (laughs) over the next 14 years, Picasso essentially depicts two women in his life... um, plus mistresses as, like, ancillary characters, uh, but mm. in this almost, like, split-screen fashion. So Olga, his wife, is this aging, like, bloodthirsty crone who can never be satisfied. She's... By the way, she's, like, 30 at this point. She's like... Oh, no, she's, like, 40 at this point. But Wait, also, right? it doesn't matter because... Her age is irrelevant to the fact that he's fucking a teenager. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Right? Okay, yeah, but yeah. then he has Marie Therese, who he pretty consistently during this period depicts as this like lithe, young, energetic woman who was sexually indulgent and available. Um, and she was. She's fucking high schooler. God right? God yeah, she's it. a child. Right? And so to <laughs> emphasize <laughs> Picasso's absolute creep status. Uh, art historian John Richard Richardson, um, in a piece specifically about Marie Therese, notes that the absence of a legitimate father facilitated Picasso's seduction of the girl. So she lived with her mother and two sisters, did not have a father figure in her life. Picasso, as a lot of pedophiles are wont to do, takes advantage of this. Yikes. Right? And so, uh, <laughs> as you can also imagine... Olga was not filling it. Was not. I mean, yeah, sure. Yes. yes she yes. was actually at this point uh, near a psychotic break. He had destroyed her so completely with so many infidelities yes. that by the early 1930s, she was hospitalized um, and sent after that, sent to live in a hotel, not even the apartment that was paid for for her, um, to handle deal with her quote-unquote violent and volatile rage and nervous disorder okay, so, yeah, yeah. so let's just let's just unpack because yeah 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 what we're saying is if you 
there's this up and coming artist, right? Mm-hmm. You are a Russian ballerina of, at your prime. Of well means. Uh, yeah. You are means, bourgeois, right? upper class, everybody you knows you. You consider yourself and are in fact an artist, right? Big time. And and at the top of your game, marry this man. Mm-hmm. He sees knocks you your shit up. As your as his muse, knocks you up. You have a child together. Mm-hmm. And then you watch this relationship deteriorate into him ten years later sleeping with a high schooler and portraying you as this like haggard old crone mm-hmm. who are still just like 10 years out of your ballerina prime. Right. Like, so for anybody who is interested in seeing this, you can Google, uh, Picasso's wife, Olga Koklova. He had just destroyed her. Like she's she like, just had some goddamn in. respect. I have a child yes. with you, sir. Yes, like I am hosting your fucking dinner parties. Right? Yes. Uh, if anybody's seen Masters of Sex, she is the Libby Masters of this scenario. Oh, God. That's going to be a whole other episode. I can just feel <laughs> yes, it. I can yes. just feel it. Yes. Great show. Bill Masters be a good up next. Too. But she is the Libby Masters of this scenario where she is like OG, holding it down, has his 10 year old son. He is now fucking a high schooler. Right? Um, and can you I... know what? No, go for it. One question. What's his standing in the art community? Because what so, I don't understand, yes, 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 yes. What I don't understand so is, like, what is, is the important. public life yes, to this yes. private life? Yes, yes. So important. Um, have you seen the kombucha meme where she's like, no, no. Oh, wait, maybe. Yes. Mm, no. That lady? I've not. Wait, what yes, does this mean? Have. No. So she takes Hold a on. sip of kombucha and Hold then on. she's like, oh, I'm, wait. I'm Googling mm. the kombucha meme. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> That's how the art world responded to Picasso at this moment. She is like taking a sip. The world is taking a sip of kombucha, and they're like, "Wait, oh, hold no. on, mm, that oh, meme is she maybe was, she was trying kombucha originally." Yes. <laughs> okay, so I know this meme, and if honestly, God, if you Google this, you will know this lady. Yes, 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 yes. I did not know this was the kombucha meme. That's okay, how the art world responded to Picasso at this moment, where they were like, mm. "Oh no, no, oh, well, maybe, maybe, oh mm, no, well, okay, yes, right? yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like, yes, it like opened the door for him." Yeah, he is like he gets of invited to some scene. cool parties. He gets he's of the scene. Yes, it's um. God, scenesters. He's a scenester. So it's like nineteen thirty-one. Picasso's fifty. Marie Therese, his young lover, falls into the River Marne. She nearly drowns. She does not. She is rescued. She does get an infection from river rats that Wait. results in her losing all her hair. Oh, my. All of it. Oh, my. Right? So she's, like, early 20s. <laughs> He's, like... Wait, we just skipped over river rats here. What yeah, the fuck? I, I, honest to God, wish I knew more about these river rats. <laughs> but basically, I she a lot gets, of follow-up questions she gets very, very sick <laughs> yes. and loses all her hair. I have to ask more about these mm-hmm. river rats. She was kayaking, is okay. all I know. Okay, so she was kayaking. Mm-hmm. Um... Falls out of the kayak. Somehow. Let's, we don't know the answer. She this. almost drowns. Let's just She's presume. Rescued. Let's just presume. Let's presume. Kayak tips. A group of rats rescue. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rat rescue. And, well, and they're she's, like, she's in gonna, exchange she's for gonna this. Drown. She's going to drown. And they're like trying to lift her up. And then there's like this one rat, awkward rat, teeth too big for his mouth. I, I actually think it, it is likely the result of like the fecal matter of a rat infestation. And... <laughs> Paris in the 1930s. Of course it's rat fecal matter. It's just rat shit everywhere. Her hair falls out, right? And you think at this point, Picasso's like, you're infected by rat shit. You have no hair. 
Uh, I've got Olga back here. She used to be flexible. I'm going to go back to her. There's two wait, There's two ways. It could either go hard left, hard right. Where are we going? Uh, it takes a hard turn toward Marie Therese. Wow. So during this time. Okay. Um, this, <laughs> this would be the like good guy, Picasso. I stuck around while you were sick. You owe me something. To the mistress. Right. To the mistress. <laughs> Not the kid. Not the kid he's got at home with the woman who's like up in the hotel having psychotic breaks. Yes. 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 Um, well, he decides at this moment, it is time to divorce Olga. Mm. Um, Wait, but this is the thing that seals the deal? Yeah, it's the hair loss. <laughs> oh, man. It's the infection. Everybody's got their thing. They've got their thing. Infection so is they're not like, mine. They're I'm, like, trying to, uh, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> yeah, seven, eight years into the relationship, um, Olga and Picasso could not get divorced in France. It had to be done in his home country, which is Spain. Mm. So uh, professionally, for context, as we have touched on, this is the peak of his fame. So he finally got a full retrospective of his work in a huge gallery in Paris. It's 1932. And this solidifies his status as the most famous and also controversial artist of the time. He is innovating very quickly. So all of his art is like very abstract, but it's still deconstructed. It is usually about himself and or Olga um, and Marie Therese in a variety of styles. Anyway, so he's back in Spain. He's trying to get this divorce from Olga. It's 1933, 1934, and he reconnects with his love of bullfighting. Wait, bullfighting? Yeah, strike two, buddy. Wait, what? Reconnects. Did he have an earlier love of bullfighting? He's from Spain, so apparently so. Watched Um, it as a kid. Watched it as a kid. This feels homely. Like football with the dad. Like, you know, know, remember the days when we watched the bullfights? Right. It's like football with the dad if the dad was a philandering creep who enjoys watching animals suffer. Hmm. Which is like super fucking gross, right? Um, And this should come as a surprise to nobody, but Picasso identifies with the matadors. Oh. He saw himself uh, in them, right? So he creates this series of drawings and engravings in which he is the bull. And Marie-Therese is a girl in these paintings. These are actually some of my favorite Picasso well, pieces. Go back. You said he, he identifies with Matador, but he draws himself we're, as the bull? Yeah, so we're going to get there, right? So like he sees himself as the hero. But he sees himself as this creature who needs guidance, but is also this hero. He can't depict himself as the matador against Marie Therese, right? Like, how is he going to imbue sex in that, right? So Mm. he creates a series where he feels like the hero. Personally, he's the matador. Okay, so... Visually, he's a bull slash minotaur. There's this young girl leading him through life. She's saved him. So some art historians note... That this girl uh, is potentially symbolic, not just of Marie Therese, but of Picasso's sister Maria, who died when Picasso was 14. As noted, she was seven. But this is sort of where we turn the creep dial up to 11, right? Mm -hmm. So we see Picasso trying to get a divorce, depicting his lover slash sister while he's a bull, believing himself to be similar to a matador. He's the victim slash hero. There's like a lot of complicated things that 
probably would have been helped with a therapist. Yeah. Um, yeah. going to say, if you want to unpipe this with a therapist, sure. Yeah. But instead, Picasso doubles down on the narcissism. So mm. uh, we fast forward uh, to 1934. It's Christmas Eve. Marie Therese shows up and is like, guess what, bitches? I'm pregnant. Let's celebrate. Which is the perfect timing for this motherfucker to take a new lover. Oh, of course. <laughs> because it turns yes. out Picasso has a proclivity for fucking other women as soon as his current partner gets pregnant. This is now a pattern we've established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a pattern. Um, but he knocked her up. So a lot of this is his fault anyway. Right? Um, two months after his daughter's birth, Maya, mm -hmm. after her birth, Picasso begins an affair with a woman named Dora. So at this point, he has a wife, Olga, a mistress, Marie Therese, and he's Wait, now fucking... Is he, not, is he not married to Marie Therese? No, no, no. He is married to Olga until she dies. Oh. Which is many years later. Yeah, that's coming. Okay. Probably on the next page of this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but just to establish... <laughs> they I were he, never able to get a divorce. They were never able to... So we talked about potentially getting the divorce, it's but they did It's just a challenge. Yep. It's a, a challenge that they never actually met. Never were able to make it happen. Got it. Um... But still, Picasso is semi-devoted to Marie Therese. She is what we come to find out, the love of his life. And he shows it in really fucking terrible ways. But he goes to great lengths to keep these two women apart. Dora is this photographer um, known in the artistic circles to help as like a documentarian. So uh, at around the same time, there's this like really important thing that happens, which is the bombing of the city of Guernica in Spain. Kills a bunch of civilians. It's World War II. Um, and Picasso, instead of saying like, actually, you know what happens? A lot of people attribute this painting mm -hmm. that he makes as a result of this bombing, which is coincidentally called Guernica, the painting, as him being this like overly sympathetic, empathetic, creature who just had to capture the suffering of people right blue period rose period uh all these women he's destroyed i prefer to think of it as exploiting the suffering mm, and he's just a good businessman uh a shitty person but a good businessman we know a few of those yes right um so he's creating this piece it's enormous you can still see it at the like museum in madrid at a art museum in Madrid. It's enormous. It takes him a very long time to paint it. He uh, contracts with Dora for her to document the creation of this. Uh, which we all know for Picasso is just a guy's like, fucker in his studio. Hmm. Um, it, but he goes to great lengths to keep these two women separate. Wait, he contracted with her meaning what? She's taking photos of him creating this enormous piece of art. Oh, so she doesn't take photos that he like then paints. Mm -mm. She, he's contracted her... Take photos of him painting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's no way to take photos of what he eventually paints. Uh, in our show notes, we should add a link to Guernica. Okay. But. Um, take a look at the show notes He continues at this point. It's like 1937. Sure. I, I talked over you. Sorry. Say that again. No. Um, he continues. He continues to paint Marie Therese favorably. It's 1937. Um and he actually features her three times very favorably 
in Guernica. As opposed to Olga, who, as soon as he picked oh, up with Mercedes, he features Olga in this painting. Oh, wait, she's still in there? Mm-hmm. As an agonized horse with a tongue that's a dagger. <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> as a horse? Yeah, so Olga... Uh, uh, Marie Therese is featured as like this heroine in the painting. She's crying over a dead baby. There's a few other places where she's featured. It is presumed she's featured three times. Olga is this like agonized horse who's like breaking apart in pieces. Um, and lest we believe that Picasso would leave himself out of this, he's featured twice. Um... Once as the bull, hmm. and the second time as a dead hero with a broken sword in the foreground. May I say? Mm-hmm. Who you can say whatever you want. Who among us <laughs> has not featured their current wife as a dead horse with daggers? I don't know or if she's a, dead. Who, she's, she's just a horse. She's a horse, agonized. She's in pain. She's suffering. agonized horse with daggers while we feature our mistress three times while we featured ourselves twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. As a hero, valiantly giving his mm-hmm. life for the cause. Right. But this is a sympathetic portrayal of the suffering of the people of Guernica. I feel like there's a lot more going on than just the sympathetic yeah. portrait now. But also then you're having your third mistress. <laughs> Sorry. Photographic I creation. Of God, I forgot about the third Which mistress. Which you would then later pictures. to paint a photograph of. The current mistress, Dora, with your previous mistress fighting in a cage as two different bull, uh, birds, one who is black, one who is white, in a cage that is too small to contain the two of them. But you would also deny that there was ever any challenge between the two women or yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> also, the painting of the two birds in one cage would later be uh, shared with the world, for the allegory that it was, by your next mistress. Oh! Right? The next, of course, yes. So, at this point, in the late 1930s, Marie Therese is an adult with a child. Picasso is a child in an adult's body. He and Marie (laughs) Therese split. Uh, Picasso shacks up with Dora Mm -hmm. for a few years. Um, Still married to Olga. Oh, yeah. Never is not married to Olga until she dies. But we will get there. Um, And eventually, given the strains of the war, uh, World War II, Mm -hmm. Dora, whose job is a documentarian photographer, uh, has a nervous breakdown. And instead of being there to comfort her, you just later days the fuck out of there and check up with this woman named Francoise Gillot. Uh, you have a few kids with her. You what? turn 60. A few kids with the newest one? couple, yep. Um, and so it's a late, it's the 1940s. You're splitting your time, ostensibly as Picasso. You're splitting your 40s. time between this 60 now. Paris and the south of France. You're still trying to fuck with Marie Therese. And she's like, no, no, no. Stop sending me all of these illicit letters. Go fuck yourself. You can see your kid every Thursday and Sunday. Otherwise, give me money. Get out. Right? Uh, By 1955, or in 1955, Olga dies. The literal day after her death, Picasso calls Marie Therese and proposes. He is now a single man. He can marry who he wants. 
And she's like, go fuck yourself. Come on. If you were, like, you could at any point been like, go back to Spain, just wrap this up, like, Mm -hmm. move on to the next. You could do any number of things. Marie Therese is like, no. Uh, Also, tell your bitch I said hello. Because at this point, he has moved on past Dora, Francoise, and he's now with a woman named Jacqueline, who would eventually marry him, become we're, we're his two, second wife. We're two past two, Marie Therese. Two notable mistresses. So, uh, it's Hold like... On, we, our special guest back in the studio. Come on in. Oh, uh, he's been crying outside the door this whole time. Come, come on, Clyde. Clyde, get in here. What are you going to do? Come on. Oh, now you're going to walk away? That's cool. So it's like 1960, 1961. Uh, he marries Jacqueline. She accepts his proposal because she her self-esteem must be so fucking low. It doesn't get better. He stays terrible until the very end. He never says like, hey, I stole this shit from Africa. Hey, I uh, stepped on all these women's necks. Hey, all of these women raised my illegitimate children all over the world while I did whatever I wanted and barely gave them any money to survive. Picasso stays gross, real gross, until 1973 uh, when he dies. So there's no happy endings. Um, The art lives on. We've noted it is important art. But, right, we can agree at this point that the art alone does not tell the story. And Picasso was terrible. Picasso destroyed women. He appropriated cultures to further his career. He uh, capitalized on people's tragedies, big and small. All the while, truly, absolutely earnestly believing himself to be both the victim and the hero. And he fucking sucks. This is Picasso. (laughs) That is Picasso. Now that you've met him, tell the good people where they can find us on the interwebs. Uh, The good people can find us at www.meetyourheroespodcast.com Make sure you spell heroes correctly. That's H-E-R-O-E-S. Meetyourheroespodcast.com. And you can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. But not Facebook. Facebook, yes, but we're not spending a lot of time there. Facebook is the Picasso of today. Facebook is <laughs> Facebook is the Picasso of the tech world. I just put it out there. I'd like to debate Mark Zuckerberg on this podcast yeah. live. Call us. Oh, you want to talk about all the ways that you've exploited people for their capital? Sure. Call us, Mark. Instagram is Facebook. <laughs> Instagram is Facebook. But we can't deal with that at this we point. We can't because it's prettier. It's so much prettier. And <laughs> I blame you, Instagram product team. You're too good at your job for this man. Sell out. For these shareholders. At this point, it's a public company. Anyway, all this to say... Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. (laughs) Goodbye.